0: Welcome back to a brand new week of Raise the Apple. We have a lot to talk about today, starting with our New York Mets. It just doesn't stop. These injuries just don't stop. Pete Alonzo was added to the injured list with a wrist issue. And then, after last night's game, John Fargas crashed into the wall. He has sprained an AC joint in his arm. So now he will... He will go on the I.L. Expected tomorrow. And the Mets are just... I don't even know. Yamamoto is also expected to get added to the I.L. Jacob deGrom is getting activated and is making the start against the Rockies tonight. Which is great. But... 17 guys on the injured list. All of them are your big guys. Or just about all of them are your big guys. The injuries just like don't seem to stop with this team. I don't understand it, but it's not like injuries are uncommon around the rest of Major League Baseball this year. Injuries are a lot higher than they have been in the past, but it's literally every single night someone else is hurt. The replacements are doing good; they're keeping the Mets alive. They're sticking around, but they can't. They need those reinforcements, and reinforcements are coming. DeGrom's coming back tonight. Lugo and J.D. Davis are expected to come back end of this week, beginning of next week. But then you don't know Nimmo. Thor, you're waiting until June like we've always known. Nimmo, you don't know. Tywon Walker, you don't know. Uh, Conforto and McNeil, you don't know how long they're going to be out. This is going to look like a completely different team for the next like month or so, and then everybody's going to come back, and then it's going to look like the Mets we all know and love. And then uh, there was an update also on Carlos Carrasco. Instead of end of May coming back, he's looking at end of June, early July, according to Zach Scott, which stinks. Mets were looking so much forward to having Cookie, especially after the struggle to start the year for Lindor. So not having Cookie is a huge blow to that rotation. They're piecing it together day by day. Stroman and David Peterson are literally... The only guys left now. Even Yamamoto and Lucchese will be in there. but Yamamoto was one of those guys that was supposed to fill in, but now he's going on the IL and was roughed up a little bit in Miami. So it is, it's great. And somehow, somehow, someway, the Mets are still in first place. They still have a game lead over the Braves. The last place Nationals are only two and a half games out which we'll talk more about that later, but it's good for the Mets because if they can stick around where they are right now, if they can, you know, hold first or stay in the in that like two game-ish gap within the next month and then everybody starts coming back within the next month, then you have your actual lineup out there and you can start making moves and picking teams off left and right. So the fact that they have almost their entire opening day roster hitting the injured list at somehow the exact same time then to still be in first place their game over 500 that's it's incredible it's a test it's great on those guys stepping up fargus and fargus has been great by the way before he got injured last night i thought fargus has proved a lot he's been i've liked what i've seen from john shui fargus but then Khalil Lee's comes up. He hasn't gotten going yet. He does have a hit and has played stellar defense, which I'll take the stellar defense. I wish the bat was a little more. Cameron Maben has not worked. He's 0 for 18, I think, to start his Mets career, which the Mets record, Gary was saying last night, is 0 for 26 or something like that to begin your Mets career. And then you have Dom and Left. And the the two guy, the three guys that aren't, injured right now from the opening day lineup dom lindor and mccann those are the three that have been struggling dom not so much dom started great and then kind of cooled off a lot and is starting to pick it back up again lindor was cold to start the year then picked it up and then fell off again and mccann really hasn't been able to get it going as of late but last night may have busted him out of it he played first base his first time professionally in a game he had a great diving stop at first And then he had a homer and another base hit. So maybe things will start turning around for McCann. It is, it's 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 like, I don't even know what to say. It's unbelievable that the Mets have had injury problems in the past, and we've seen that before. But to have this many all at the same time, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this before. It's like, you can't make this stuff up. It's incredible, and the fact that you can't help but love these backup guys too. Fargus brings a lot of energy. Khalil Lee has been hyped up a lot since that trade, that trade that the Mets got him. Then you also have you know the Diamonds, the Lindors, the McCanns, the Nitos. Nito has quickly become a very big fan favorite, which I'm all for. I love Nito. It's it's hard considering it's like what do you. There's nothing you can do. Like, you have all these guys on the injured list. What are you supposed to do? what are you supposed to do? And the fact that Luis Rojas has kept him in it in first place has been incredible. I was reading an article the other day on why Luis Rojas deserves some serious manager of the year consideration, and he does, and he probably will snicker. By the end of it, we'll probably get some votes with the Braves. Jace Tingler with the Padres. Uh, Gabe Kapler with the Giants. If the Giants can keep things going. Uh, who is the Cardinals? Mike Schmidt, or Schilt, the Cardinals manager. And there's some names that are in there, and Luis Rojas is certainly definitely in there. The fact that, and why I say that is, some pe- A lot people on Twitter, Mets Twitter is a horrible place. I've said it a million times before, Mets Twitter is a horrible place. There, a lot. So many people are calling for Luis Rojas to get fired, but Luis Rojas has done a great job. A lot of people, yes, maybe there's been some questionable decisions on, you know, leaving guys in or taking guys out or whatever the case may be. But th- you act like that's not every single manager. Every single manager will make, to fans in fans' eyes, questionable decisions on pulling guys or leaving them in or pinch hitting calls or whatever the case may be. I think Lu- Luis Rojas has done a great job of managing that bullpen, a great job of managing the starting rotation. Overall, I think he's done great. Considering the circumstance, having almost your entire 25-man roster on the injured list right now, or 26-man now, I think it is, and still being in first place and having a winning record, even though they've lost lost 7 of 10, the fact that they're playing as well as they have been until this past week or so, given all that, That's that's pretty incredible. That's a lot to be proud of. Mets Twitter is just such a such a negative, such a negative horrible place. I think Luis Rojas deserves much more credit than he's getting. You know, I think he definitely will be in that man. He was my pick for manager of the year, and I think he'd certainly even if the Mets don't make the World Series, if the Mets just make the playoffs, even if they don't make the World Series or win the World Series, Luis Rojas definitely deserves a lot of Manager of the Year in consideration for the National League, in my opinion. I think Rojas has done a great job, especially given the circumstances of late. He's done a terrific job of managing just about everything he can, everything he can. And again, has he made some calls that made some fans or the booth scratch their head? Absolutely. But you know what? Every single manager or coach in every single sport does that. It's not unique to the Mets. It's not unique to Luis Rojas or Major League Baseball. Everyone or every manager in baseball, every coach in any other sport will always make decisions that make fans or the broadcast booth scratch their head. But there's a reason they're getting paid the money to be down there to make those decisions and we're at home criticizing it. You know, sometimes there are bad managers or bad coaching whatever the case may be, but I don't think this is the case with Luis Rojas. I think he deserves a much, much more fair shake than than Mets fans are giving him. I really do. But, you know, right now, given all these injuries, what, what can you do? You know what we can do, though, is talk about the rest of Major League Baseball because there is a lot to talk about. First of all, a rather surprising-ish trade. I'd say. Willie Adamas of the Tampa Bay Rays is heading to Milwaukee. Let me just pull up the full trade quick. The Brewers are sending uh, JP Ferencian and Drew Rasmussen to the Rays, and the Rays are receiving Willie Adamas and pitcher Trevor Richards. Obviously, Adamas is the bigger piece in that deal and it was kind of surprising because I wasn't anticipating the Brewers, or not the Brewers, the Rays dealing Adamas. A lot of people were saying, oh, now that Adamas has been traded, that means Wander Franco's got to be in the near future, right? But that doesn't seem to be the case right now. Wander Franco may not be called up yet, but he has to be getting close at this point, you gotta think. But the Brewers adding Adamas after all the injuries they've had. You know, Locaine was on the injured list for a little bit. Yelich is... Rehabbing now, uh, last time I knew. Uh, Orlando Arcea, they shipped to Atlanta. They didn't really have a set shortstop. Keston Hura they optioned because he hasn't been hitting at all this year. You have Luisa Rise in there on the infield and Travis Shaw. And that's really been your only get options. And Colton Wong. Colton Wong, I forgot about Colton Wong. The Brewers have had injury not as severe as the Mets, but the Brewers have had some injury problems this year. I think this is a great move grabbing Adamus. He's been one of those energetic, bright spots in that Rays lineup. And the guy, the two guys that the Rays got, they're going to turn into superstars, arms. That's just the way the Rays work. Whatever they're doing down in Tampa is working. I'm not going to question it because somehow they're making guys that weren't thought of to be studs. And they're turning them into studs. And it's continuing to work. So, I'm not gonna question what's going on down in Tampa. But the next thing is a little: who's hot and who's not. Mets aren't hot, three and seven in their last ten. But you know, give it the fact that they're where they are right now, given all the injury problems. I it's hard to complain about any any of it. I mean, they do have. Seven of their next 10 games are against the Rockies or Diamondbacks, who are the bottom two teams in the West. and then after that they get to deal with San Diego. So that'll be that'll be fun, not really. but so right now is the time for them to pick up a couple extra wins so they can have a nice a really good competitive series with the Padres. who are now, speaking of San Diego, Slam Diego, are in first place in the West. The Padres won, I believe it was eight in a row. They lost last night to take over first place. They're 30 and 18 on the year. A half game behind them is the Dodgers, who picked it up all of a sudden. They've won seven straight, and then a game and a half back is the Giants. The Giants are still hanging tough. They're still going to be competitive in there. They got the Padres and Giants, or Padres and Dodgers, got hot at the exact same time, which I don't know if a lot of people were expecting that. And San Fran has lost three straight, five and five in their last ten. Don't don't question them yet. I San Diego, or San Fran. I'm still counting on that. That's going to be a three horse race deep into the summer, and it should be a lot of fun to watch. In the Central, not much has changed. Uh, everybody's still going at it. The Cardinals are a game and a half over the Cubs. In the East, like I mentioned before, two games separate first place from last place. So if the Mets can keep first place or stick around in there until reinforcements start coming back, Lugo will be a huge boost. Uh, DeGrom coming back tonight will be a huge boost. Hopefully JD Davis will also be back next week. That'll be another huge boost. Slowly pieces will start coming back, and if they could stick around in there until everybody's back, they're gonna they're gonna take off. Lindor is too good of a guy. I hate that people are still booing Lindor. Yes, he hasn't been what we thought he was going to be to start the year. But Lindor, we all know Lindor is way, way too good to stay where he is for the rest of the year. There's no way he's going to hit 190 the rest of the year. There's just no way. He's Francisco Lindor. And if he does, you can come back to this episode and tell me how wrong I am. In the American League, the Rays are perhaps the hottest team in baseball. They've won 11 straight. They have a half-game lead over the Red Sox and a game lead over the Yankees, who have won six straight. And then in the Central, nothing much has changed in there. White Sox still a game and a half on top of Cleveland. And then in the West, Oakland still holding the game, uh, full game over the Astros. The Angels have fallen off. They're down in last place at seven games back. They were my surprise team, and I think I'm going to get, especially with the Mike Trout injury, I think I'm going to get let down, which is kind of upsetting, but it's okay. Which brings us now to the last thing in today's episode, This Day in Baseball History. Today in 2011, in the 12th inning, the Giants lost to the Marlins, and they also lost Buster Posey with a collision at the plate with Scott Cousins. Today, was also known as, or that incident was also the birth of the Buster Posey rule. And for those, well, quote unquote, the Buster Posey rule. What the Buster Posey rule is, for those of you who don't know, is players were, after that rule was passed, base runners were not allowed to go out of their way on the baseline to knock over the catcher. If they are to knock over the catcher, the catcher has to be clearly blocking the plate they can't go out of their way to knock them down that's essentially in a nutshell what the buster pose rule is helps with concussion or supposed to help with concussions for both the base runner and primarily the catcher they have all that gear on but when a 200 plus pound man is a professional athlete is charging at you at full speed you're gonna get a, you're gonna get hit hard and it's gonna be a big impact no matter who you are No matter how much gear you have on, you're going to feel it when you get decked by someone at home plate. So today is the birth of that, the Buster Posey rule. And that's pretty much everything for today's episode. The Mets, these injuries, I hate how, like, I don't give up. Mets fans, don't give up. We all know how talented this team is. We've seen the excitement with this team. They gave a little bit of excitement last night with Drury Tomer and then Mazzica with a base hit. Don't give up on this team yet. Don't throw it in. I know everybody's injured and it sucks right now, but it it makes making the playoffs, making the World Series, winning the World Series, that much better. Having to deal with all this crap. Don't give up now. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played. Ideally, in a perfect world, everybody should be back at the very latest by the end of June, with Carrasco and probably Thor being the last ones back. In theory, that's when every... Walker, Kiorme, McNeil, Conforto, Thor, Cookie, uh, N- Nimo, J.D. Davis. Who else am I forgetting? Maybe Fargus if he earned enough to stay on the roster. Uh, I know I'm forgetting someone. Who am I forgetting, though? Anyway, all those guys will be back. Lindor will get hot. James McCann will pick it up a little bit. The bench mob will still live strong the whole way don't push the panic button yet if it's at the end of June and everybody comes back and the Mets are still only maybe they're still in first place ideally or they're two maybe three games back of first place at the end of June you have all of July all of August all of September to make up two games that's more than enough time, and Mets are more than capable of doing that. So don't push the panic button. Yeah, there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. Reinforcements are slowly coming back. They're probably going to have to go to, after this Fargus injury, they're probably going to have to go for outside the organization for help. Zach Scott said the Mets are listening to all offers. Uh, maybe Cespedes potentially makes a return, who's a free agent. Maybe they go get Yasiel Puig, who's still free Well. A MLB free agent, but he's currently playing for a team in Mexico, but the Mets could still sign him. They can offer him a deal and still sign him. So maybe, Or maybe they make a nice little trade. If they're going to make a trade, though, they need to make a trade for a guy that this may sound bad at first, but a guy who's not an everyday starter. And why I say that is because when everyone comes back when Conforto, Conforto and Nimmo and Dom, that's your outfield. That's your best outfield. Conforto, Nimmo and Dom from right to left. When those guys come back, if you let's say hypothetically, they go trade and get Jesse Winker from the Reds and they get uh Nicky Nick Castellanos from the Reds, two outfielders. When Conforto and Nimmo come back, who's going to sit on the bench when you got four studs? or five studs, including Dom, for three spots, two of those studs are going to sit on the bench, and that's just wasting talent. You know, you wasted talent to get a Winker. Now, they're not going anywhere. I'm just saying this hypothetically. You wasted talent or prospects to get a Winker and Castellanos, but now that me, me, bleh, Nimmo and Conforto are back, now you've now you got to bench them or ship them out somewhere else. So, make it, so if you're going to make the trade, make it for someone that when your guys come back healthy, it's okay that they're going to be on the bench or making a spot start from time to time. Unless, of course, you know, they trade for someone like a Winker or a Castellanos or who else could be out there. Maybe Chris Bryant, and they stick him in left field or right field for a little bit. There's a lot of options out there. I'm very interested to see where the Mets go, and we shall see. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple. Make sure you subscribe, all that good stuff down below, and we will catch you guys on Thursday. Hopefully, things start picking up a little bit, and hopefully, to God, no one else gets injured. And hopefully, no one else gets injured. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Let's go Mets. Stop till we're legend.